Hi again, everybody. I'm Eric Fletcher. Welcome into another episode of Chasing Better Conversations, where we begin with this idea that consequential change often begins with the best conversations we are able to muster. In order to dive a bit deeper, I get to sit down for discussions with some friends, some colleagues, and a healthy dose of brand new acquaintances along the way. Over the past couple of decades or so, there are few people with whom I've had more consequential conversations in my own life than Alan Fuquay. Alan's a longtime marketing professional. He has developed strategies and led initiatives in multiple industries for a number of different professional service organizations and has built marketing teams for two Amlaw 200 firms. In our conversation today, we talk about getting fired, about doing the firing, what it means to lead a team, what it means to be a team, and Alan reveals his three magic questions tool for productive personal interactions. He's been a client, he's been a boss, but I'm most grateful for the fact that Alan is my friend. So I invite you to sit back and enjoy a few minutes picking the brain of Alan Fuquay. Alan, it's great to have you with us, man. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. It's great to be here, Eric. I've had the pleasure of getting to hear some of your other guests. They're an impressive lot, so I'm not quite sure how I fit in with them, but I'm very excited <laughs> to have this conversation. Well, that's a, that's a predictable response from you. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure, we go back further than probably both of us want to want to admit. Uh, we worked together for a long time and still collaborate and have some fun along the way. You know, the topic here is is uh, conversations and particularly the idea that the more attention we pay to having better conversations, the more we're apt to move the ball in the right direction, whatever the whatever the venue might be. And it's easy to, to slip into uh, conversational habits easy easy to have conversations that don't that go nowhere. But I, I'm interested. Are there one or two conversations that just stand out as having been really important conversations in terms of where you have wound up as a as a person today? Sure, absolutely, Eric. It, um, I used to call it uh, young man's disease, but now I'd have to say young person's disease, and rightfully so. As a you know, in my twenties, I was incredibly excited about so much that I was doing, involved with, um, personally and, and certainly professionally. But what was interesting to me was how many times I was pretty clear I had the intuitive understanding at each moment of uh, what made sense, how to go forward. And I was always shocked by how dense and. Uh, uh, stupid you know my uh, uh the, the people around me particularly the older people that i worked with <laughs> until uh, as uh, as you know and as as those of us who have lived uh, a few decades find out you start making some mistakes and those mistakes are absolutely about decisions you've made uh it's really really clear uh, nobody else had a hand in that and eventually uh, really what taught me more than anything else was less conversations and more mistakes that said, you know, Alan, there's some smart people around you 
and uh, you may ought to take advantage of them. And so I started thinking in terms of having a board of directors, not only for myself professionally, but uh, personally, a lot of times it overlapped, a lot of times it matched. But there was a group of people, and this could be anywhere from four to six people, that sometimes I got a few of them together, sometimes I just made phone calls. But as I particularly looked at things in my life, and I would have a particular point of view that I thought uh, was maybe going to move me this way or that way, I would run these things past them. I highly recommend uh, that strategy as having your own personal board of directors. And I want to just say one word about their value. One is you don't want somebody who's just going to be positive about you. You want somebody that can raise a flag, that can call bull on things, that can say uh, maybe compassionately, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Alan, but I think you're off. Uh, uh, and 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 can so can bring you up short. And secondly, that can give you bad news. They mm. can absolutely talk about because of their experience uh, or their concern that this may be going a, a place you don't want it to. Um, the good news is that you make these decisions and. Uh, life is amazing. You make these bad decisions and they can lead to disasters. Uh, but there's so much to be learned, uh, primarily from the failures. But you'd like to kind of limit those, you know? You'd like to kind of, <laughs> to, those things are going to happen. Uh, you're working in the human, with humans and in the human race. And so failures and uh, mistakes are a given. You'd like to have people around you that you can have these conversations and aren't just going to listen to you, but are going to give you feedback. If, you know, hopefully you are honest with yourself enough to ask questions, to say, what do you think about this? And they can give you feedback. Now, year to year, what became clear uh, for a lot of my decisions, particularly professionally, was I was always looking at, am I having new experiences professionally? Did I experience something this year that I hadn't experienced the year before that and the year before that? And am I learning new things that I didn't know? That, to me, was the definition of growth. I didn't think in terms of financially uh, growth. I didn't think in terms of the, uh, uh, the title. It was all about what am I learning, uh, both experientially uh, and informationally, that my bet, and it really bore this out, uh, was that uh, this would offer me better and better opportunities, and, and certainly, certainly it did. So a couple of things strike me. One is you, you began, though you didn't characterize it this way, you began by referring to the conversations you would in fact have with yourself. Hey, I need. Oh, thank you. I, That's exactly yeah. right. That was yeah. that was one of the ironies is that you're having these conversations, but they're with somebody that's not smarter than you. You. <laughs> you know, so how is how is this helpful? Can you think of one or two conversations where somebody really gave you some bad news? Uh, absolutely. You're you're. There's a couple of thoughts I had had moving into here that I'd kind of forgotten that you're stimulating. One was a conversation with a gentleman that. I'd gone to work with a, 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 for a, a private office, basically what we'd call a private office today. A gentleman had made a lot of money selling off a business of his, and his number two had hired me to come on to be kind of one of the, uh, uh, the, the young guys uh, 
who can make things happen and grab balls and run with them and that kind of thing. I really like the number two guy who, uh, who had hired me. Uh, uh, the, the the gentleman at the top was a, a tough guy, and uh, he was a, it was certainly one of the most challenging per- people I ever worked for. And uh, I guess over a period of about a year, things were not going well, and uh, in fact, we're going south pretty badly. And uh, my the guy who had hired me, his number two, uh, came in to me one day. He said, uh, and I was let's say I was probably at that time mid thirties, maybe thirty three, maybe. And he said, you know, Alan, someday you're going to run something like this, which was a stunning thought to me at 33. <laughs> I was I might have been arrogant or confident, but it never occurred to me that I would be this that successful. And he says, someday you're going to run your own shop. And right now you're learning some things that you'll uh, do uh, based on what we do here. But also you're learning some things you won't do. And it was a it was a, a a very stunning admission that not everything we do here is gold. Not everything we do here is the way you want to do it. Uh, you need to be the one who is discerning what are we doing well, and you're also going to have to understand uh, uh, what we don't. And so one of the things it led to was kind of a, in some ways, a generalization uh, that I had to learn. What am I willing to do? What do I want to do? At the same time, what am I willing not to do? Um, and that's not about, you know, cleaning the toilets and, and that kind of stuff, although you do have to come up with that. But there's a lot more difficult things in how you're going to deal with people, how you're going to deal with your boss, how you're going to see your company. Uh, and, um, and then what are the standards you're going to set for yourself? And what is it you want to be about? Uh, and uh, I thought that was a very helpful uh, conversation for me. Yep. Oh, and by That's the cool. way, within a week they had fired me. Uh, did he know that when he had that conversation with you? I'm think? sure he did. I'm yeah. positive he did. And and they they absolutely they actually moved me out of the the office to one of their investments, which was a horrible job. And I did it for about a year until I could I moved on someplace else. But I had a family. I need to support him. And so I, I suspect he did. Uh, and I suspect he was just trying to kind of uh, show some confidence in me and uh, help me think a little bigger than what was about to happen. Thinking about the workplace, let's just go from you getting fired to how do you have conversations with teammates that you are about to really? I know, I know oh, you have absolutely. thoughts on that. Yeah. It's a really important um, uh I can remember speaking at a conference and at the end of it, uh, really one of the older gentlemen uh, had a question. He said, uh, Alan, do you ever fire people? And it <laughs> just hit me that he thought that he thought this was a valid question. I couldn't. It hit me that there was a lot of people in there, some of them peers, some of them maybe a step down uh, who didn't think in terms of that. And and uh, probably in my career, I don't know that I've fired as many as I've hired, but I've uh, fired a lot. And, and the firing is a difficult world, word because, you know, with rare exceptions, these are not uh, people that that have um, have been a terrible person. Incompetence certainly comes to mind on some people. But more than anything, all these people have gone on to great careers just because <laughs> I decided you weren't going to work here anymore, didn't limit their capabilities. And and that's really important to understand that that these kind of situations where you're cutting somebody, cutting a position, whatever, 
that is not necessarily going to limit their success. And so usually the way it works is there's just some dissatisfaction on my part, but I can guarantee you without exception, the people that were fired when I, uh, I had this conversation, I said, Hey, right now it doesn't seem like you're very happy in your job. And that was always the case. They weren't doing well. They knew they weren't doing well. And I said, I'm certainly not happy. And that wasn't a surprise for them. I said, so let's do this. Uh, we're going to give you a month. We're going to see if you can turn this thing around and figure out whether you want this position or not. My sense is the, this isn't working, but I'd like to give you a month. And then at that time, I'll let you know and uh, we'll move on one way or the other. Uh, and that's really been the conversation, once again, with the idea that there's always a chance that, uh, you know, uh, a, a frank discussion that maybe that'll sober this them up. I can tell you, not one in 10 ever turn themselves around. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but those for those one, that's great. And for the others, they do have some time now to segue into their next position. And certainly I wouldn't just cut them. Uh, uh, I, I hired them, realized I'm, I'm, I'm part of the problem as I made this hire. And so I didn't do a good job uh, with my hiring. And so I'm capable, uh, excuse me, culpable uh, in this situation as well. So that's the conversation. And it's, it's an important one. So really, really important. This is a human being. I've been on the other side uh, of that desk, not necessarily that conversation. Uh, uh, but uh, you, you probably will, if you accomplish anything in your life, uh, I'll be real surprised if you're not on the other side of that conversation too. Stay in the workplace for a few minutes. What kind of conversations make sense for us to be having in, in, in the workplace? And we're, we'll get to some problematic areas like uncertainty of the economy and all that in just a few minutes. But just generally, what, uh, what kind of conversations make for a healthy workplace? Yeah. And if I could do a, a contrast to some things that I think sure. are not helpful, as well yeah. as some things that are helpful. For instance, uh, the last 20 years of my career, and certainly it's a big thing right now, teams were really, really important. And, and I, I like the idea of thinking uh, as a team uh, and functioning as a team at the same time. I think it's incredibly misconstrued what a team is and what it's composed of and, and what the dynamics of a team is. Uh, and, and so the conversations, particularly as a group and one-on-one, -on -one, uh, had better be about what's the job we need to get done, what needs to happen here. Uh, we tend to like our warm and fuzzy conversations these days. We tend to believe that if we optimize everybody's happiness and satisfaction it will have good teams and i can assure you uh it rarely has anything to do with high functioning teams nor um does it make people happy they can say they're happy but having a good job doesn't mean necessarily that everything you're getting treated right all the time it doesn't necessarily mean everything in the equation of employment is what you want it to be it doesn't even really mean you have a good boss it doesn't even really mean, uh, and one of the biggest ones is chemistry. Jeez, uh, how's the chemistry on your team? I, 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 I don't really believe uh, in the importance of chemistry on a team. Uh, it, to be alike, ironically, to be alike means you're not interested in diversity. 
fact. Uh, you're not interested in different points of view. You're not interested in different backgrounds. And, yep. and, and chemistry uh, of, of that kind it tends to be being developed, um, you know, based on those kind of things. So I, I think building these teams is going to come down to do you help each other uh, move the ball forward? Do you help each other um, <laughs> uh, make it happen? What we've, what, what I've done, and what I always look for, uh, and relative to the conversations, is, is tell me what do you think we need to do to make to move things forward? Not tell me what you think we need to do to um, uh, to have a better team. What do you think we need to do to feel better about one another? What do we need to do? Because people who have great teams are out there making things happen. You know, we like to talk about winning sometimes, but that's difficult. Are we moving the thing forward? Do we believe in uh, similar objectives, uh, what we're trying to do? Uh, and in the context of that, that's where uh, uh, great uh, teams come uh, together. So I, the social bonding uh, that can, I mean, it's always fun to have a beer with somebody or an old fashioned, uh, but working together is really where teams come together. Uh, and there's nothing like being in the trenches with a really difficult assignment or a really difficult person uh, that we're, we're serving, having to figure out together what, what are we going to do to make this happen? That's where things get bonded. So we have we have friends that are running teams today. And what are your thoughts about with that in mind, with that backdrop in mind, what are your thoughts about uh, conversations that set expectations that that sort of outline responsibilities if you go to that to that uh, sure. to, to that spot. Any sure. thoughts there? Sure. Um, and, and the big challenge is uh, getting external. It's it's really difficult. That's what you mean by put, getting external. Yeah, it's really difficult to it not be about your own performance. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult for you to take yourself out, but you've got to take yourself out of the conversation. What you have to believe is that you and the person sitting across to you are smart enough to figure some things out. Mm-hmm. And it's it, and it's always true. It's always shocking how much you guys can figure it out if you can get yourselves out of the way and get external. Who are we working for? Is it a client? Is it an internal client? Is it an external client? And, and do you understand how to talk about them? Do you understand what's important about them? But the first thing you have to believe is that it's not important what I'm feeling. It's not even important about my background. Right now, uh, I've got, I, I need to figure out with this person sitting across from me, how we move forward on this deal. Let's, ha- let's assume that each of us has a relevant experience and point of view, and let's figure out how we move this thing forward uh, without it being about one another. Now, let me just say this. Two of the best people I ever had on teams uh, we we could get we could be in that room and they would bring up the dumbest ideas I could ever imagine, <laughs> and, and both of them could. They're very senior people, and what I knew, what I learned, is that you don't say, "Hey, you know, your baby's really ugly," you know, that baby of yours, it's really ugly. It just there was just never any upside. If your teammate is who you think they are, you give people time to work through their own stupidity. I've had to do that. Everybody has to do that. And I could tell you, I can't think of an exception. 100% of the times, these people, the next day, come to me 
and they say, you know, I've been thinking about what I was saying. I think that's a stupid idea. <laughs> and, and now you got a huge win. You got a huge win because they look they look smart. They look exceptional. And you say, well, you know, I thought we should give it a hearing. And I, I see what you're talking about. And now you've got uh, uh, you've got a teammate uh, because they know they're going to be allowed to say stupid things. Uh, and and if you can't allow people to say stupid things, then you need to look in the mirror, man. Uh, it's uh, you're going to you're going to be at the head of that class. The, the more I the more I think about this topic, the more I work with conversation. I'm a pretty big believer that the baseline for productive conversations not and again we're not talking about the feel good we all love each other not that the productive conversations that move a ball that's hard to move otherwise those conversations always begin with with respect if i don't yeah. come to the table with respect then the chances that we're going to have and by the way it may not be mutual respect you might not respect extend the same respect to me but if I want to move the ball, I, I've got to start with, uh, with respect. It can't be about whether you respect me. It just can never be about that. Um, you can't walk through life that way. It's not a compassionate way to walk. It's not a kind way to walk through life. And certainly, if you're, if you're somebody serving another organization, if you're a CXO or you're a manager and you've got people under you, and if you start with, you better damn well respect me. Uh, you've got an uphill battle. Uh, you've got an uphill battle for any relationship. If I want to have a conversation with you, it begins with me respecting you as a person. Exactly. That's it, what I was hearing you say. Yeah, exactly. as, opposed, as opposed to, you better respect me, man. You know no, where I'm exciting. coming from. It's exciting. If yeah. you can do that. And so, our, our, uh, so one of the rules on our team, or, or one of my suggestions on our team is, uh, when you're going to talk to one one of our internal customers or an external customers, I want you to care about them for two minutes. Mm -hmm. I want you to care about mm -hmm. them, you know, because respect that it's like a lot of things. What does that mean? You know, if if I'm really upset and I and everything else, or I don't want to be there, so I give uh, I I first say respect is going to be defined by caring, and so I I'm asking you. You've got to re you've got to care about them for two minutes, see how that goes, and then you can decide where I just have to get them started. And so, caring, do you care about them for two minutes? Uh, if you if you can, my bet is that uh, you're going to respect them. So, I've got this little tool that I I call the magic questions, and it's gotten some good feedback from my, I've done some writing about it and speaking about it. It's got some good feedback and plus I've had a lot of fun for it. But once again, what I'm trying to do is take out the chemistry. Sometimes I can be a buffoon. Sometimes a she was, how are you going to have a conversation with somebody who's different than you? You know, I mean, really different, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a man and a woman, a 20 year old and a 40 year old, you know, uh, somebody from uh, New York, somebody from Texas. How are you going to do that? So these three magic questions, and uh, and and it, I'm going to I'm going to speak about them in a uh, a business standpoint. But there's a way to do this in personal that can just open up lines of communication. But it's back to what Eric you were saying early in the conversation that you have to it, it, you infer that there has to be a discipline. These things are not natural. And it's not what we usually do. It's not, hey, uh, tough weather here. You know, it's really hot. You know, it's 
how you doing? It's not a how you doing question. So the, the first question is, tell me, how do you define success for yourself over the next, let's say, 18 months? Mm. Uh, another way to say it is, what do you want to accomplish over the next year or 18 months? Yep. Now, now the key here is uh, if it's in business, then they and there's somebody you're supposed to be doing business with. Uh, if uh, they probably have something that they're going to be evaluated by, maybe they're in charge of something, or maybe they've been given, uh, you know, uh, objectives to accomplish, but they're going to have some kind of idea that this is what's really important to me. Okay. And so what you're asking for is what's most important to you from a business standpoint over the next 12 months, 18 months, that's going to be the gold nuggets that you're going to build everything else around. And every time you're going to see them, you're going to understand this is what this individual is thinking about, is trying to accomplish. And, and, and what we're doing is setting up a path for you to become relevant to them, to your relationship. So the second question is, what's going to keep those things from happening? What are the challenges? Mm-hmm. Yep. What are the challenges that are going to keep those things from happening? So these become a bit of the old cliche of what keeps you up at night. Okay, what are excuse me? What are the things that are going to keep these your success from happening? Now you know what his or hers worst concerns are with respect to this business discussion, and uh, it, it it becomes very insightful now to say, "Gee, was this his his agenda or her agenda?" It's becoming clear and clear, but you've got to ask this third question. If you don't ask this third question, then you're presumptuous and you're not being respectful. The third question is, how are you going to address those challenges? Because a lot of times, you know, we're really smart. We're really brilliant. We have all this experience. We have an answer. and, 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 And more than that, we work for a company that has all the experience in the world. We can accomplish everything. We can address everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you have to address the third thing because he, she is working in an environment that's different than yours. And there's a reason she is thinking how she's thinking. And so you have to say, how do you plan to address these challenges? Now, if you get that from an individual person on your team, uh, your boss, the chairman of the firm, your chief in, uh, internal clients, external clients. Now you've got a complete agenda that you can get the, it, it, you can have that second meaning about it. But more than that, you've got a level of business intimacy. That's what I like to uh, call it. That honestly, few people have in their lives. There's very few people that will understand what my answers to those questions are. And I can guarantee you, there's very few people that that, that she knows that has that. Now, let me tell you this. If you find people, in fact, that can't answer those questions, uh, a a significant red flag has to come up for you, (laughs) particularly within business. And and I'm saying that because I've had this moment where somebody who really should have the answer to these questions does not and is really, really uncomfortable with that. And, And you say, well, Alan, these are these are very big issues. And you know what? They are. But they're not private. This isn't a secret. You know, his his or her business success, none of us say, well, I don't want to tell anybody what I'm trying to accomplish. Hell, you want to tell everybody who can help you accomplish this. Uh, yep. and, and for most people, honestly, 
They're waiting for somebody to care enough about them to have a substantive conversation like this. I can't believe he, you want to know this. This is great. Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about the challenges. Let me tell you about this program that I'm putting in place to deal with these challenges. Okay. This is what certainly a big part of their business um, uh, day is about. And so these magic questions uh, will open doors like you cannot believe. I, I love the, you know, if you never get past even the first one, everything begins with a vision. You get them talking about their vision, whether it's in business, whether it's with your teenage kid or uh, a, a significant other. You get someone talking about what their vision for the future is, what what their hopes and dreams, aspirations are. Now you know where you ought to be focusing, at least. Absolutely. And yeah. and it gives you the ability to be disciplined instead yeah. of being just yeah. a, uh, a say, hey, guy who's always yeah. trying to, you know, act like he cares about you. You have a substance uh, and, and he or she knows you have a substance which you can bring and, and you can be disciplined in what you're going to talk about. And you know what you uh, you know what you can talk about to them that might make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. OK, one more. A conversation that um, in three sentences uh, that we ought to stop having and why. So I would put it this way, and I'm going to, it's a little flippant, but um, <laughs> the question is do you like somebody? Hmm. And I want to say that's not the question. The question is, can you love somebody? Question is, can you love somebody? I hmm. uh, am clear that in this world, um, uh, what I will not uh, be about at the end of my days and what I'm most proud of and what I am most thankful for is um, that I've been given an opportunity to serve and through that to love people as best as I could. And, and in some ways, I'm, I'm sure it was pretty pathetic, but to admire people to, you know, uh, we, our discussion about respect is, is right. Hmm. But at the end of the day, the question is, you're going to get up in the morning, you're going to possibly see somebody in the bed next to you. You may see some people, little people in the other rooms. You're going to see a jackass and a Camaro next to you. The question is, can I love these people? Because if I can, and gee whiz, you know, it's kind of like hitting a baseball. If I can, if I can bat 300, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I can, my life can be transformative for my spirit and for the people around me. And I can do something that could make a difference. Everything else is just business. It's just business. And whatever business I will have been involved with, if it still exists, which many, many don't, will not exist in probably another 10 or 20 years. And is, is I, I'm sorry, it's just a way to grow corn and feed your family. It absolutely is. And so if I can find a way to decide that I'm going to love this person I'm going to see next, uh, it's transformative in what I'm going to do and what life will be like and what my world will be like. That's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Thanks for that. Thank you, man. Okay. You 
alluded to AI a minute ago, given the uncertainty that visits us this moment, especially uh, whether it, <clears throat> whether it's about the economy, whether it it is the the hovering of AI, the the political arena, whatever it might be, all of those things together serve to create a, a pretty uncertain moment. What kind of conversations make sense for us to be having? Yeah, we can use AI as an example. We understand part of its value at this point, but we're not really clear about its quality. And that's by and large because we haven't used it much. We've used it a little bit, but, but you know, for most of us, we have a job that that we're really pretty good at, and that is a, a machine, and it drives a lot of stuff. Putting AI into a machine like that and seeing the kind of value it generates is, is going to be an interesting challenge for us. Now, realize this, um, uh, gee was 25 years ago, inter enterprise-wide, program ERPs were coming in from mm -hmm. uh, all over the world and they were going to revolutionize uh, although not take over humanity they're going to revolutionize something they did or they didn't you know at the end of the day uh, we figured out how to do deal with them or we didn't and and the truth of it is it's a little of both you know we are by nature easily flustered just as human beings and, and it's about change. Uh, uh, the great quote from a, an old Harvard Business Review article 30 years ago is, all change is rude. All change is rude. And these things are changing <laughs> what we do, and we experience it inherently as rudeness. Nobody asked me, why are we having to do this? Uh, you know, in old line uh, industries like law firms, you know, technology is your enemy, you know, until you don't have any choice. And uh, and for for most people, it's it's short term. I need I need to get this done now or this quarter or the next six months. Rarely do I have three years to think about anything. And so change is problematic. I think what's difficult and, and what what's the reason it's difficult for to think us to think about AI. The reason it's difficult to think about leadership. The reason it's difficult. To, uh, for us to deal with a lot of these things that don't seem to be working is one is we're living today and we don't know. We don't know what tomorrow is. If the past is any predictor, these things happen and I do not mean to minimize them in any way. What I can tell you in 1971 and 1972, over 2,500 bombs uh, were set off in the United States of America, 2,500. That's a New York Times number. That's not my number. There are things that are disconcerting right now. It's it's it is very uh, disconcerting. I'm always stunned uh, at what doesn't happen. I'm always uh, stunned uh, the the bad things that don't happen. But the, not having a context on which to deal with those things is the big challenge. So when we think about, for instance, my magic questions, what is success? What is this life supposed to be? What is this company supposed to be? What are we trying to accomplish? Let's be clear. There isn't a company that's, well, we're just trying not to change. If you are, then you're going to die. And, and 
if that's where you want to be, your, your company will go away. So, you know, so yeah, you should be very scared. You should be very scared for any company that's trying to evolve for any company that has to, uh, uh, change or, or doesn't at least has to continue to succeed at a certain level. There has to be some kind of, uh, shared objectives, uh, things that we really do want to accomplish, and there has to be a discussion on how we're going to do that. Uh, and then, you know, you can start to look at what's going to be a problem to get in the way. And those, then at some point you can talk about costs and you can talk about technology. At that point, then the idea of talking about strategy and where does AI fit into this, uh, you know, that has a context. For most of us, personally, professionally, most of these threats come in when there is not a context for what are we really trying to do. This idea of context, I think, is it's my big takeaway. And back to your first question, everything begins with a vision. If you have a vision of what you must accomplish, whatever the context, now you've got some guardrails at least, or you've or you've got a framework at least that you that you can work with a little bit. The unknown, uh, the un uncertainty, uh, you know, we're hardwired to worry. I mean, that's just the, the brain is about fighting for life. And if anything we feel that's infringing on that becomes, uh, becomes something that we're going to worry about. That's where having that, having that, the answer to that first question, <laughs> what is yeah. my vision? Uh, that, yeah. that's where that really, Really makes, and if makes I could, just two more seconds on this. Yeah, absolutely. See how it works is so. Let's let's say you have that context. Let's say you've asked yourself these questions and you've got your answers, and now you've got this new boss, and she is not giving you the respect that you want. Does that matter with respect to what success is, what your challenges, and what your program is? Does that matter? I know it hurts your feelings. I know it hurts your pride, but gee whiz, welcome to the adult world. This is just the way it is. Do you have a context? Then I don't care about that. Okay. Uh, I'm driving down the road and jerk pulls in front of me. And for some reason, I decide this is the biggest thing in the world. This is going to make me angrier than anything else all week long. How could that possibly be true? But it is. Okay. I wake up and my 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 12 year old boy uh, and I go like this and all of a sudden he's being disrespectful. Is that my is that what it's about is I'm I'm trying to make sure he respects me and he always talks. Maybe it is. But at least decide. Don't do it as a function of emotion and your own needs. And I am an incredibly needy guy, incredibly needy. And I've got to constantly remind myself within my job, within my consultancy, within my personal relationship, where does love fit? Because love is never about what he does. It's about what I do. The last thing I want to say is you're really good at what your job is. You're really good at it. Uh, you wouldn't even be on. You wouldn't even be listening to this if you hadn't been mm-hmm. profoundly, uh, you know, uh, uh, successful. And so just start there understanding I got here. I can continue with this. If I'm upset, have compassion on, if you're upset, have compassion on yourself. You know, 
If you're mad, have compassion on yourself. Yeah. And uh, see what your context is and, and try to move forward. It's easy when we talk about conversations to uh, project an awful lot, to make it about how, how do I make this work with you? How do I make it work with someone else? And the, 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 the thing in conversations, just a convenient metaphor. Back to your first question. First, do you have a vision? For, for what this, for what the day is about. Uh, and then do you begin with respect? That's not about, do you respect me? It's, do I respect you? And then end with the purpose of any encounter is to build a bridge to another encounter. Yeah. That, that's sure. what it is. And if we recognize that, if we understand that, then the one other thing that you've made me think about that, uh, today is we need to think about a way to make it a, a bigger than the moment, bigger than this, bigger than this hour we're spending together because great conversations are ongoing. The, the best conversations, I discipline, I have enough discipline to not respond, not knee jerk because I know this is just a moment. Yeah. It is. But how do we? Uh, how do folks that want to want to uh, learn a little bit more? How else should people uh, strive to get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've still got my my website there. It gives you an idea of what I do and how I go about it. And there's some beautiful videos that a good friend of mine helped me put together. And and uh, it would be my great privilege and pleasure to help anybody uh, with uh, uh, a word or two or a thought. The great thing uh, in in reaching out to me is I I have experience and I don't uh, trust much knowledge that I have anymore uh, because what I find is people like you are are coming up with experience that undoes a lot of my knowledge. Uh, I can always talk about well this is how that worked when I tried this this is what we've done in the past this is what has worked and then you may can find a a, a better way uh, but it's it's always about Here's how I failed. Uh, here's what did work. Uh, if that would be helpful to you on, on any number of corporate issues and marketing issues, uh, boy, it'd be my pleasure to talk with you. AlanFuquay.com. Thanks, man. Uh, appreciate this time. Thanks for the conversation. And uh, here's, to, here's to having a, a good old fashioned in a few minutes. That's it, babe. Thanks. I always walk away from a conversation with Alan with plenty to chew on. My big takeaway today is how helpful his three magic questions can be in the pursuit of better conversations. I think it's a perfect fit. Thanks for lending an ear today to catch every conversation we have. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, here's to more respectful, honest, and productive conversations. By the way, before I forget, if you want to be picky about the way you're introduced, send me a paragraph or something. You'll, whatever you say will be fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a level of trust you may not want to extend. <laughs> okay. Here we go.